the source of most of our frustration and sense of failure or inadequacy is a gap between expectation and reality. Hi, this is Adina here with this week's episode of Courage to be Curious with Adina Tovell. And I am super excited about this episode because it is on a topic that I think about a lot. This month on our podcast and in our blogs and everywhere on Courage to be Curious, we are thinking about the big concept of perspective and how changing our perspective changes things. Whether you're reading our blogs, you're listening to our video shorts on our YouTube channel, or you are staying with us here on the podcast, this is what we're thinking about this month. This episode focuses on how we reduce frustration, inadequacy, and a sense of failure by shifting our perspective. Well, wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) Right? So I've been thinking a lot about this, and I want to help us all wonder our way to greater brilliance on this episode. So let's talk about this, that, you know, I don't know, I've kind of wondered, I haven't been keeping track whether a single day goes by where there isn't some sense of being frustrated by something. Maybe, you know, you didn't get to all the errands I wanted, or the person at the store was not as helpful, or the thing I went shopping for wasn't available, or the charger ran out when I needed it and thought that it should be charged. Or, you know, we can come up with myriad things. We asked somebody to do something and then they didn't accomplish it. So is there ever a day that goes by that we don't feel either frustrated by something or perhaps a sense of failure? I didn't get done what I wanted to get done. I didn't perform as well as I wanted to perform, whatever that, you know, kind of situation, failure, inadequacy. My sense is is that this is a pretty common thing for most of us and that we experience it on a regular basis. I somehow don't think I'm the only one. So I really want to get curious about this. I have been getting curious. And one of the things I've been thinking about is what is the source of our frustration? Okay, yes, it could be the child who didn't clean their room or the salesperson who wasn't really helpful. But let's go a little bit deeper than that. What is the source of frustration? And what I've concluded is that the source of most of our frustration and sense of failure or inadequacy is a gap between expectation and reality. A gap between expectation and reality. Think about it. If we expect something to happen or to perform a certain way, and it fails to do so, what do we feel, right? We feel frustrated, first of all. Maybe we feel a little angry, but we feel frustrated, or we feel inadequate and like a a failure in some way or another. So, you know, if I was in school and I was taking a test and I I didn't perform as well as I'd hoped, I had an expectation of where I thought I would perform, and then I underperformed. If I asked somebody to do me a favor and take care of something for me, I have an expectation Oftentimes, I'm just going to say in my head, but not fully articulated to the other person. And then they underperform because they either fail to do the thing or they had a different interpretation of how to do it. And then they it just didn't measure up to what I'd hoped for. This comes up a lot. And let's think about it at work. We have an expectation. We want people to make certain deadlines. We want people to be thinking in creative ways. We want people to be able to solve problems. And then we're faced with the fact that somehow or another that doesn't happen. 
or we want our company to take responsibility for something that's really important to us or to hear our voices. And they don't. We feel frustrated. We feel angry or sad. When we underperform to our expectations, that's where we feel inadequate or like a failure. If somebody else or something else fails to perform, we feel that frustration or anger. The truth is, though, it's all the same. It's that gap between expectation and reality. This is why I think it's so important is I realized, I've been really observing this, and I realized that over the course of my day, I could probably be frustrated or miserable a lot because a lot of things fail to meet my expectations. I want my technology to work all of the time. I want every appliance in my house to work perfectly all of the time. Growing up, I, or you know, when I was raising my kids, I wanted them to always do what it is I asked them to do exactly when I wanted them to do it. That would have made me exceedingly happy, but that wasn't the reality, right? I was recently in the hospital with my parent, with my mom. I want them to be able to come up with answers, which they often don't have. I want them to provide a certain level of care, which they often don't provide. There is a gap between my hope and my expectation and my reality. And so I realized that if I allowed all of those things to perpetuate my frustration or my anger, I could be frustrated and angry almost all of the time. And I think some of us know people or many of us know people where that frustration or anger gets the best of them right? They can't let the little things go. And they almost always have an expectation of something being a certain way, even if they know that it's most likely not going to be that way. They still expect it. And so we end up with all this negativity. Sometimes we impose this on others. We have this notion that if I set expectations really high, that they will keep striving for it. Sometimes that works out fairly well. You know, sports coaches are particularly astute at knowing how high they can set the bar of expectation for a given athlete so that that athlete will continue to grow. As an educator, we used to call this, especially when we talked about reading instruction, that you wanted kids to be reading things that were in their zone of proximal development. And what that meant, zone of proximal development, is if it's too easy, they'll get disinterested and stop reading something. If it's too hard, exceedingly too hard, then they will stop reading it because they'll be overly frustrated. But if it's in their zone of proximal development, meaning just enough of a stretch that can keep them motivated, but not so overwhelming, then most kids will thrive and they will want to read. And so this sense of can we set our expectations at the right place so that we're not in such an overwhelmed state of frustration all of the time. So when I think about this, again, relationship between expectation and reality, I realize that there are two ways to feel better, right? To not walk around feeling frustrated or angry or like a failure or inadequate all of the time. One is to shift the expectation. The other is to shift the reality. And I think both things can happen at different times. So in some cases, we can have a reality of certain things that are true, And here's an example of where I try to subscribe to this one. 
I watch people's behavior very often. So for example, I have a friend who is always late, right? She's always late. If I continue to maintain the expectation that she is going to arrive on time, I'm going to continuously be frustrated and disappointed. However, if I recognize that she's always late and that is very unlikely to change, I can adjust my expectation. And I can say, well, I know she's always going to be late. In fact, sometimes adjust the time. So I either build in buffer time for myself. Okay, we'll tell her 12 if we really don't need to go until 1230. Or if you say 1230, don't be upset. If we leave a quarter to one, that'll be fine or whatever it is. So I already take into account the lateness whenever I communicate so that my expectation is more in line with reality. And I find that when I do that, when I adjust the expectation part in line to what I know to be a reality that I have virtually no ability to control (laughs) or little little ability to control, that then I can reduce my suffering. I no longer feel frustrated because I just plan for it. Every so often that lateness is still going to get in the way somewhere in this particular example, but it's going to be much farther and few between. Not that she's going to not be late. She will always be late or most of the time be late, but I will have expected it, right? It's that expected to spill thing that we've learned about. I think it was John Maxwell, but, you know, expect the milk to spill. If we're feeding a young child, don't expect that they're going to keep their tray clean, expect it to be dirty. I realized, you know, from raising kids that there were certain things I was willing to adjust my expectations on when my kids were really little. But then as we grow older, we seem to forget that we can do that. Um, But I do remember having friends who were so shocked at how long it took them to get out of the house with young kids, but yet they refused to adjust their expectation of how long it would take to get out. And so they would keep expecting that their time for departing the house to get out to daycare before work or something like that was going to be the same as it was before they had children. And so every single morning was a frenzied mess because they never adjusted their expectation where they just to adjust their expectation and realize with kids, it is never going to happen that quickly. They would have had a much smoother time in the morning. They would have backed everything up or, you know, adjusted when they had to be at work and things would have gone more smoothly. I say all this to invite us as curious people to Think about our lives. Think about the things that frustrate us that we really don't have control over. We don't have control over the fact that our two-year-old, for example, is going to throw up all over their clothes the minute before we, you know, are ready to leave the house to go to daycare and work. You know, I don't have control over whether my friend comes late. I don't actually have control over whether all of my technology is going to work exactly when I want it to work all the time. But if I know, if I can really get clearer about when I need to adjust my expectations or make adjustments to what I do so that my expectations are more in line with my reality, there's a much greater contentedness. So look at your life, like write down, even right now, you can pause this, whether you're listening or watching, you can pause it and make a list of three to five things right now in your life where your expectations are out of sync with your reality. The reality is unlikely to change. So there might be an opportunity to change your expectation in order to reduce your own amount of suffering.
And so now flip in the other direction. Sometimes the reality is going to be what it's going to be and the expectation needs to be adjusted. Sometimes it is possible to do it the other way. Sometimes our expectation is high, but we can change the reality. You know, I think about this, I'm going to go back to sports coaches and school and things like that, where we might have a high expectation, current performance is not there, but we think that there's something that we can do to augment performance. So if it's an athlete, they can train harder or train with new techniques. If it's a student, they can study harder harder, or get a tutor or things like that. If I'm at work and underperforming, I may be able to go find a mentor or get extra training in something or put a little bit more effort in or find a colleague who is doing things better, figure out what's standing in my way. So in this particular case, the expectation may stay exactly where it is. But these are places where we do actually have control over some aspect of the reality and we can make the adjustments to it. I even think about that in my own business. You know, there have been, and you've seen a lot more if you've been paying attention or maybe you're new to us, but uh, Courage to be Curious is a lot more present right now, present more in social media, just present more in terms of what we're trying to share and what we're trying to offer to the people within our community. I've had an expectation or hope for a long time that our reach would be greater, but I wasn't performing the activities or taking the actions that were necessarily going to reach that. So I had a level of disappointment. And then I realized I could, A, add some more people to my business team, and B, I could start to prioritize what I was doing and when I was doing it differently in order to adjust my behavior, change my reality. And it's amazing to watch my reality come more in line with my expectation. And I'm feeling happier about that. But there are lots of times, there's this whole other segment of things where maybe we're feeling a little like lethargic about it or a little like a victim, or maybe we feel like there's nothing we can do, or we've told ourselves that there's nothing we can really do because we're relying on a hope and a prayer (laughs) that something will come in like a wave of a magic wand or a sprinkling of fairy dust will suddenly alter our reality to bring it in line with our expectations. And we're not thinking about what we ourselves could be doing, how we could make an adjustment in order to match and close the gap with that expectation. So again, let's take a moment right now, pause this recording or this video and take a moment and think about a couple of places in your life where your expectation is actually set at a really good level. You think it's the right level of expectation, but the reality over which there is some control is not meeting it. And what adjustments could you make in order to bring them back into alignment? And so I invite you to take these two exercises because one of the things, I think one of the core purposes of my commitment to curiosity is the fact that I wanna reduce suffering and increase happiness. I want this sense of happiness, fulfillment, purpose, meaning in my life and the curiosity is a way for me to achieve that. And so this is one of the things I get most curious about. And it's been pretty spectacular to see that in making these adjustments, either to my expectations when I have no control over the reality or to my reality when I do have control over that and the ways in which 
things that I've typically been upset about start to melt away. And so that's my invitation to you. And that is the gift of this episode. So I hope that you either pause while the recording was going, or you take time afterwards to pause with these two exercises. And if you want to hear more about one of these other gaps that I've been thinking a lot about, much like this gap between expectation and reality, head on over to our YouTube channel because I have another one that I think is super important over there and you'll be able to find it. And uh, I won't say much more about it, but it is the gap between comfort and discomfort. Let me tell you that so you can find it easily. So head on over to YouTube and follow us there because every month we are adding more to our YouTube channel, which are just short bites of kind of cool teachings and cool ideas, ways to continue to get courageously curious. And please follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, all the different places that we are. Most importantly, though, please be in touch with us whenever you have anything cool to share. I also want to do a little preview of something that's coming up in September. So in September, we are so fortunate. There is a fabulous book out there. I joke with them that it's they wrote my book. Um, but Will Wise and Chad Littlefield wrote a book, How to Ask Powerful Questions. It's a spectacular book. They have both agreed to be on the podcast. Will will join us in September and Chad will join us in October. So stay tuned because we are just going to have an incredible time talking and riffing about questions power questions, how to construct them. And we're going to play some games I don't even think they're ready for yet um, in order to just really see where we can take this whole notion of powerful questions. So keep listening, stay with us and keep wondering your way to brilliance.